Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Freddie, also known as Nighty Night. Today we have a very special guest, director of You Won't Be Alone. Hey, how's it going? How are you doing today? Good, good. Thanks for that. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's really good to have you here. Um, I know this movie just released at Sundance, so congratulations on that as well. And the movie is also going to be coming out in theaters very, very soon on April 1st, if I'm not mistaken. And mm-hmm. this is your directorial debut. How, how do you feel about everything? How's everything been? Oh, I mean, frantic. <laughs> it's been, it's been good. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sundance was a strange experience. Obviously, we couldn't be there in person because uh, no one was. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, I actually was editing my second feature while that was going on. Um, and yeah, it was... Uh, so obviously, I've made before this. I've made 25, but I'm kind of used to just making it and then, you know, there's reactions or what or not when the film doesn't get seen, but you kind of deal with it. Whereas this time, uh, while I was editing my second film, um, reactions with microscopic analysis of my first were coming in from across the world on the internet, which is a very confronting thing to experiencing while, while you're in isolation. Uh, luckily, most of them were positive. It was good. But um, yeah, no, it's been, it's been crazy. No, I can imagine probably everything's very fast-paced and nonstop going. And I mean, I'll give you my criticism right now. I actually love this movie. Uh, I think it's well, well done, well directed. Um, and can you tell us a little bit about the movie and what inspired you to make this type of film? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, normally I do relationship drama, technically, uh, partly out of necessity because that was the only thing I could, you know, do on a budget. Um, and then at some point, mainly as an exercise, I just, I just thought I, I, sh- I want to write something with a genre bent, um, but still kind of treat it like a relationship drama and see if there's something, you know, if there's a way to mix that with what, you know, that kind of thing with my own sensibility. So horror just, I think, was my first instinct in terms of a genre to go into. Um, I tend to mainly write uh, from women's perspectives, uh, and I sort of just gravitated towards witches as soon as the horror idea came up. And then in coming up with an idea, I was looking at like Macedonian uh, folklore and history. And the main thing that struck me was how women uh, tended to be accused of uh, witchcraft. By te- uh, they, they tended to be accused of taking the shape of someone else. So I thought if you could t- take that literally, it was an interesting premise. So in this movie, I have a girl uh who grows up in isolation and becomes a witch and then she's able to take the shape of other people or uh or creatures if she kills them first uh so she does that the first time she comes comes across uh, humans she becomes very curious about living among them um as as a young woman so she semi-accidentally kills another uh woman in the village and then takes on her body um and her life to see what it's like to live among other people yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting concept, and I think it's something that's not done before, and it's very creative, and I think it's very unique that a lot of people are going to be able to see a movie such as this, because you were talking about, like, you do, like, a lot about relationships and, like, dramas, and this is, like, within the horror community, a horror-slash-drama sub-genre that I don't think is very explored that much, and one of the big questions we always ask on this podcast is, why horror? And you kind of talked about it a little bit right now, too. Uh, is there something that specifically draws you to the horror genre? Or do you like horror movies itself? Um, I think it was more just, um, I, did, I was kind of curious to look at human beings like they're strange, rather than, you know, 
you know, usually is the, so I wanted someone from an outsider perspective. I didn't want it to be sci-fi or aliens. I wanted it to be as grounded as possible. And I think mm-hmm. hard that you can still be in this world in this time and sort of just have this one element that's a little bit off to the side. Um, and yeah, I, I think it comes from that. So I, I, I've been an outsider sort of to most, uh, uh, as a migrant and there's other ways <laughs> I'm an outsider in most places I go to. Um, and I just think uh, instinctively I'm drawn to that kind of perspective. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, horror movies, I like all kinds of movies. I'm a total film nerd and like every genre. Um, there's, you know, 800 examples I could, I, I could say I love, but like, yeah, with horror movies, you know, up until something, you know, recent, um, like Get, Get Out or A Quiet Place, but also I, I started with, I grew up watching like ancient black and white films. So I grew up with Frankenstein um, and, you know, something like, I wasn't thinking of this consciously when I was coming up with the idea, but, uh, you know, so, something like, someone brought up Frankenstein's monster once in relation to what the film I made. And I'm like, oh my God, of course, that was, sure that was inside me. Like the scene where there's this monster who's trying to engage with this like six year old girl and he just has no concept of humanity and ends up accidentally killing her in the 1930s version. Um, and I think that's what I was looking for, something that someone who's just completely outside of what we take as for granted, and then just becomes, you know, as they develop feelings, they become so, so drawn into it, but still don't know how to deal with it, uh, you know, craving to be part of humanity, but being really bad at it, <laughs> which I think exists in horror films and outside of them in real life. So, yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah, I, I like that there's a lot of parallels between the story you're telling with this about witches and her perspective. And we see a lot of different perspectives of like the people she kind of grows to become. And at least for me, and I don't know if this was your intention, it definitely felt like of a coming of age story. And mm-hmm. I felt that like she was beginning to grow into this person, find her identity, see where she belongs. And kind of like you were talking about, like sometimes we feel like outsiders and as human beings, as humanity, we're very strange people. We do a lot of strange things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard for us to connect or react to each other. So it's really cool seeing this character kind of like learn something new each time she transitions. And the transformation scenes, by the way, are fantastic. Some of the best body like uh, horror stuff I've seen in a long time. But yeah, was that mostly your intention? Do you want to have people feeling like it is a coming of age story in a way? Oh, completely. Um, I sort of, I guess it kind of goes beyond because she keeps growing even when she's an adult. And um, but, you know, it's still the same kind of pattern of kind of like a coming of age story. And, you know, I'm sort of um, heading towards 40 myself. I'm 36 now, but I, towards the end of the story, I think she's something like 40, I think, in her final body. And I, I don't think you stop being a teenager in a part of you in the sense that you are still. Mm you're still learning constantly. So I don't think the coming of age thing stops when you hit your 20s. That's true. I agree. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's a good way to sort of, um, yeah, it's a good phrase for, for what, what happens in the film throughout. But it, again, it's definitely not a conventional coming of age story. <laughs> no, definitely not conventional, but like, like also like within like a, a horror movie, it's not like a conventional horror film too. Um, no, it's true. both very haunting but also very beautiful. The camera work does such a good job with like um, following the character around with her environment and learning these new perspectives from what she's thrown into. And 
I'm talking about like what she's thrown into and all the different perspectives. There are some really great performances in here and everything is pieced together very perfectly in my opinion, where it feels like it's the same person, but in different forms. Um, how was working with the cast and getting that achieved? Yeah, um, it was tricky in some ways, uh, tricky in terms of approaching it. And then while we were filming, there was no time to panic because you just have to be making a film at all times. That was good. It was tricky, but we're like, okay, this is the problem. Now let's do this and see what happens. What's kind of the approach? Um, <laughs> have a chance to um, rehearse together because the different actors were arriving at different times and not everyone in chronological order just to complicate matters. Um, Sarah Klimoska, who plays the uh, youngest, the teenage version, uh, uh, the first version of the witch, uh, was present at all times, and she was there with me for a few weeks in pre-production, and we actually recorded the voiceover in advance with her, which helped both me and her kind of get a grasp of the character as much as possible. And then there was a video I used, so I was always obsessed with uh, cases of wild children, uh, even in my early university years, which is like, kids who are found at you know age 13 or 15 to have completely grown up away from humanity and just what they are like um and there's a famous case from america actually from i think the 60s and early 70s where this girl called Jeannie wiley was found um she it's a tragic tragic story um but there was video footage of what she was like um and she had you know grown up away from humans and it was just like this 45 second video that we looked at that kind of um, it was just a very vivid example that I could then show to each of the actors just as a reference um, in terms of like demeanor and movements. Um, so Sarah uh, had that in her mind um, and we weren't really imitating the girl because I felt like that would not have been right. But just in terms of making someone understand that if you do grow up from humanity, what, like you are a different kind of, you know, it affects mm -hmm way that you know uh, is very profound um in ways that you don't think about and i think that video clip of Jeannie wiley put us in that mindset and then every time an actor arrived they sort of brought something to the character of their own and of their own personality which i always encourage and because the protagonist kind of evolves through every iteration everybody she takes she changes and grows a bit we could absorb that um, and even though we were filming out of order, there were little bits where with a lot of the actors who were there at the start were also there at the end. So we could adjust things and add uh, to kind of keep that clean through line in terms of her understanding of the world growing and evolving um, and keeping it all connected. Um, and yeah, no, it was sort of, and then just crossing our fingers and praying that it was all gonna work when, when we edited. Um, but it's been, it's been good even from the first, very, very first, version of the edit we showed to just uh, you know internally some people we trust and some investors there was just never any question about accepting it and spending this belief like everyone felt connected all the way through even in those early iterations so that was a massive sigh of relief actually um and yeah it's been pretty good yeah i, I love hearing that um you were saying that the actors were even coming at different times and not in chronological order uh i love talking about behind the scenes stuff and all the effort that's gets put into making a movie and getting that mm -hmm. all edited and making it flow as best as it's possible uh because i would say like in all of my interviews it's like it takes a whole village to make a movie so when it gets completed and it works that's a miracle in itself so again congratulations on getting that done and I think with like this entire movie, there's a lot of different perspectives where there's some really great themes and a lot of it is about like relationships and about life. And there's a great line in the movie where I think she says, 
oh, they're going to tear you apart, where the world is a scary place. And some people will like feel that type of way too. And I guess my question to you is what are the major themes that you want the audience to take away from the movie? Oh, um, I usually go with feelings rather than themes. Um, okay. I feel like most of us tend to sort of respond to, I don't think it's an intellectual logic. I think it's an emotional logic that, you know, we respond to in the film. So I usually just go with feelings. And then uh, it, then when it comes to shaping things, you know, you are thinking about the themes, but it's always about like, you kind of watch your film, a film with your chest more than your brain, I think. Um, but you know, that. I think you've discussed for sure is was part of it. Um, I guess the sense of belonging is the main thing and how um, pretty much, yes. Yeah, so living among people can, can be, uh, um, as she says, a burning, breaking thing where they tear you apart. And yet somehow something makes it feel worth it for, for most people. Um, and then for others, equally validly, it doesn't feel worth it. Um, the two main characters in the film are constantly this kind of a uh, psychological battle of is it worth it or is it not worth it um so yeah i i don't want to sort of tell people what to feel i guess mm-hmm. and that's um i think that's what the that's the, what the film for me is about like coming away from that and feeling i, I personally understand both of them the two main characters which is nevin and the protagonist we're talking about and then there's maria which is definitely would be defined as the monster antagonist, but I think she deepens into someone whose perspective we also value as the film, uh, you know, builds. And to me, it's a matter of like, do you understand why both of those women, both of those people feel the way they do at the end? And which, how much of each do you connect to, I guess? Uh, I like that. Um, I love that you said that you like how people feel about your, your movies first and then the themes, because I think they do go hand in hand, but I think, emotion is one of the biggest words i would use for this movie this movie is a very emotional movie and i think people were going to connect with her and the struggles and obstacles that she goes through throughout the movie and like everyone else she transitions and we all transition in different parts of our lives and learn more as we go along and i think that's very important um how how is filming in the location this was like uh up in the mountains right in serbia yeah in serbia oh it's beautiful (laughs) Yeah, you know, one of the best experiences of our lives. Like it was kind of, it was also good because it was in the middle of COVID and we're in this kind of isolated village. So kind of relatively isolated from you know the danger, but also um, like the most bucolically beautiful setting. Um, yeah. You could just turn in any direction. It was just like a breathtaking view, but kind of still felt very, you know, not in a touristy postcardy way. It still felt like a real landscape because you could see people engaged with it and we're engaging with it. You know, we were there planning, you know, our shoot like every day, 10 hours of every day would be around walking around this village. And then at like 5 p.m. as it was getting dark, you hear the cowbells of like <laughs> the of course a man bringing the cows home across the edge, like and they're backlit by the sun and you're like did I just time travel, you know, and also right. more perfect than any film ever could hope to. Um, so yeah, it was great. And also the the locals, the residents um, were very, I mean, some of them were in the film, their handiwork definitely is. Um, it was even just very practical in terms of like sourcing props because, you know, we were very much determined to make it feel and look like it would have been at the time. And often for that, for that, you know, when you're building the props and buildings, you kind of need them to be built in the way and with the materials that they used in the 1800s to actually for it to really even work. There's no cheating, especially not on a low budget. 
Um, so yeah, we actually had the locals help and be part of the crew, <laughs> you know, and sometimes, um, which was wonderful. And then um, I grew up, I didn't grow up in Serbia. I'm part Serbian, but like I grew up just across the border in Macedonia. And then um, I speak Serbian, I would say badly, but the locals <laughs> well, because they were like very encouraging and excited. Um, but I could talk to them clearly, which is good. And then their accent was quite similar to mine because we were quite close where we grew up. And, you know, it kind of brought me back to my childhood and hanging out with my grandparents. Um, so no, it was all really beautiful. We, we have, you know, stressful as hell. I don't yeah. want like too dreamy, but somehow it, I don't know, because it was such a transporting place in, in itself. It was just a very whole and beautiful experience. We're all very grateful for, I think. Was there like uh, any intention of having it um, in that location specifically or also like the time period? Why did you choose that time period? I'm curious. Um, I kind of wanted uh, the film to be connected to this kind of way of life that is now pretty much completely disappeared, almost completely disappeared. In, the, in that village, there was no resident age under 65 and 40 residents left over. And this is very common across the whole region of Eastern Europe. Um, and it's this way of life that existed for thousands of years. And we don't really have that many records of it, especially uh, not in films. Um, so I kind of wanted to capture that. And the eight, late 1800s were kind of the latest you could be in that. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the latest you could be in, the, in terms of that pattern. And on a budget, you're kind of looking for the, the, the most recent you can possibly to go with. Um, so that was the thinking behind that um because in a way it also feels timeless um because those lives were very timeless it was a very mm. second way of living for thousands of years um and then no i didn't i mean i thought i was going to be filming in macedonia itself um where, where, where the film is said but um there were some obstacles uh financial and logistical so we kind of have to go across the border um and uh that's how we ended up in serbia so there was a scout sent ahead of our arrival and he found a few villages that were the candidates. This was the best one uh, out of the photos I saw. And then as soon as we stepped in, we just felt we could find everything really there. And um, and even just on a practical level, they were just so welcoming. Not that I really think about the practical, you know, I always think I was going to be on screen. But um, no, it was just, it was perfect really, both on screen and off screen. I have to agree with that. It was perfect. Um, like I said, like it shares the perspective of the world too. And it shows that the world is very beautiful. And I love how the camera kind of goes throughout her entire environment. And you explore that world and the the creek, the water, the trees around her. Um, just like shots where like she's perfectly centered in the middle down like a pathway. And it just looks so gorgeous. And that's like something I did not expect that this movie was going to have. Um, but yeah, it's a very intimate connection to the world and the people around us and that's kind of like what i got out of the movie and i think a lot of the audiences will get that as well and uh like i said i love seeing the, the behind the scenes stuff is there a memorable moment that you'll never forget that happened while filming um it's really funny because like every time i've done interviews i then go away for a few weeks work on the other films and then come back to this one and this bits are forgotten and bits come back and then um that's something that i did forget that i don't know how i did but like i did actually dislocate my knee two days before the shoot. Oh, no. yes so i had a leg brace the entire time and i'm literally i'm usually very active it's like i don't sit down on set and i'm kind of constantly running around usually ahead of the crew i kind of race off to the next location so it became a very like 
standard and comical side me kind of limping on my like pop, <laughs> you know <laughs> on my one leg and one semi-functional one um and i just remember actually literally so two days before the shoot um i went to a doctor and the doctor's like oh look, it'll be fine you just need to stay on flat surfaces for the next <laughs> few months we don't have to put it in a cast if you do so can you make sure you're going flat surfaces i'm like uh-huh <laughs> and as you've seen in the film not only are we in a mountain on a slope the entire yeah. time, even the interiors are like actual houses most of the time that we found. And the houses are on a slope. The, the floor <laughs> oh my God. Flat. And I'm just like, I don't know, man. I'd rather just sacrifice the leg. Um, but yeah, no, anyway. So the doctor said, yes, yeah, so I will stay on flat surfaces. And then you can even see the making of video. There are no flat surfaces. Um, and we're often running, even during the shot, across the mountains. So yeah it was kind of a challenge but i think you know um, for me at least the mad adrenaline takes over as soon as you get on set so the adrenaline kind of made the pain go away um at least during the day at night was different um but um i remember like i completely forgot about this when people were asking me questions in january um so i wonder yeah today that's what i, I remember just now but like you speak to me two months from now to probably have a lot of memory there's a of lot course. <laughs> that's a lot of cool time with your cast and crew too i, I this movie does feel like there's a lot of love that was put into it and i feel like that translates really well to the screen and now i just perfectly love this movie and to be kind to your time as well uh do you have any last minute i guess words of wisdom about your movie or what you want the audience to get out of it oh oh to be honest like I've been making short films for 20 years and i was unemployed for most of that period or you know doing you know, crappy jobs left and right. So the notion that I even made a feature movie is already so overwhelming. And the notion that there are people out there watching it and engaging with it. And, you know, even like reactions in general, positive or negative, like people are engaging with it very deeply. And it's, you know, when I wrote it, I didn't even think it was going to get made, much less like, I thought if it was, it would just be this esoteric weird thing in Macedonia. And no, it's the world looking at it properly. Like it's, it's because for me, it's a movie about the world. It's about humans. It's not just about one place or another really. Um, so I'm just, I don't know. I just feel very lucky. I don't really have anything. I want people to take away from it more than they are. Um, really, that, that's just the feeling. I just really appreciate it in a way that, you know, I never thought I'd be able to. So, yeah. I love that. And again, congratulations on this movie. I, I'm, I'm a big oh, fan of it. I'll definitely be looking forward to what you do next. And you said you already finished your second one? Yeah, it's very different. Okay. <laughs> I'm starting a third one, which is a whole different oh, thing. Yeah. See, time like flies. It all happens all at once. And you know what? Well-deserved. And yeah, I couldn't be happy for you. So that congratulations. Thank you. Thanks so much for this. was amazing, actually. Very, very yeah. Absolutely. Well, this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Freddie, also known as Nighty Night, and it was a pleasure serving you.